Welcome to Compliance Beat, the podcast for compliance and ethics professionals. We provide practical insights and answer your questions about compliance and ethics. Together, we'll stay up to date on current trends so that your program stays effective. Brought to you by Moorhead Compliance Consulting. Here's your host, Eric Moorhead. This time, we're going to talk about how to avoid all compliance risk. But first, as always, I want to encourage you to subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. Um, if you are downloading our podcast through iTunes, if you have not already reviewed our podcast and are interested in doing so, we'd sure love for you to do that. Um, if you have any questions, comments, uh, suggestions for future episodes or subjects, please, please do get in touch with us. You can get in touch with us at compliancebeat.com, moreheadconsulting.com, or you can email me directly, as always, at eric at moreheadconsulting.com. Always, always glad to hear from the listeners. Uh, but also, before I jump into our topic for this week, which is how to avoid all compliance risk, uh, I want to encourage you to join us if you are planning uh, a update to your code of conduct or you know that a code of conduct refresh or update is in your future. We are going to be doing a, a webinar with our friends at the Clear Law Institute. Um, the uh, information, the registration information will be uh, on in the show notes at compliancebeat.com for this podcast. Um, it is next week. January the 17th, 2019 at 3 p.m. Eastern. Uh, they do record these podcasts, and so you can uh, check it out at a different time if you can't make uh, 3 p.m. Eastern on January the 17th. Uh, I also would encourage you, uh, if you uh, don't look at the show notes on compliancebeat.com, you can go to clearlawinstitute.com and search either my name, Eric Moorhead, or uh, Code of Conduct, Updating Your Code of Conduct Best Practices is the actual title of the webinar, and you will find the registration page. For those of you who send me an email at eric at moreheadconsulting.com before next January the 17th and ask me, I have a discount code. You get 35% off the fee uh, for this webinar. The webinar has been uh, uh, accredited for CLE credits as well as CCB credits for your uh, CCEP or uh, CCP-I compliance certification. So you can get a couple of hours, you can get 1.5 hours of credit uh, if you need to get a couple more credit hours. And also if you are interested in updating your code of conduct, I will also be taking questions and walking through the process for a complete uh, start to finish code of conduct update. So please join us for that. Again, if you can't uh, make the live session at uh, uh, 3 p.m. on the 17th, uh, it will be recorded for uh, future um, listening and download. Uh, and I think that uh, uh, the um, discount code will still work even if uh, you are listening to a pre-recorded version rather than the live version. So again, get in touch with me if you want that code. I offer that to, to any of my listeners that are willing to reach out to me. So my provocative title this week is How to Avoid All Compliance Risk. Uh, for anybody who's listening to this podcast um, over the last couple of years, uh, you probably were uh, scratching your heads when you saw that. And and the reality is uh, there is no way to avoid all compliance risk. And what I really wanted to talk about today are some articles and, and uh, I, I, this I noticed was proliferating uh, here at the end of the year. I saw articles around 
for instance, how to uh, do away with third-party risk or isolate yourself from compliance risk. Um, you know, uh, uh, automate your compliance risk. You see a lot of, um, for lack of a better term, minimization of uh, compliance risk and 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 systems and processes by which you minimize your potential risk. Now, obviously, we're all looking to. Um, uh, try to avoid uh, compliance failures and, and to properly address compliance risk. Uh, but other than ceasing business, uh, there really is no way to uh, do away and avoid all compliance risk. It's, it's going to exist. And I think that other, and I'm, again, I noticed it here in the last couple of weeks as the uh, year ended and there were some year end articles uh, that kind of focused on this issue, particularly around third party uh, uh, risk. And third-party risk, to me, um, is primarily consumed, at least in the compliance space, around anti-corruption. But the reality is, is you have third-party risk in all different arenas of your operation. Uh, you have, uh, we all, I mean, even a small organization like Moorhead Compliance Consulting, I use a lot of software as a service uh, tools. And, uh, you know, there I work with partners uh, who manage my secure FTP site, for example, and there's risk there. You know, you need to be on top of what kind of uh, data security systems uh, your software as a service providers are, are um, providing you. That's third-party risk. So there's no way to avoid it. And I guess what I wanted to talk about today, and it's not going to be a very long talk because um, I, I, I just want to plant the seed that uh, if something is too good to be true, as my dad and maybe your dad also said, uh, it probably is. And there is no way, no way to balkanize yourself, to isolate yourself from compliance risk, whether that's third party risk or compliance risk more broadly. I don't see how you can do that. And I think um, uh, trying to engineer a system or process by which you do that is a fool's errand. Now, can we minimize risk? Absolutely. Can we address risk and have proper controls and um, and do our best to hedge against risk? Absolutely. And that's what compliance is all about. That's why we put the time, effort, and resources behind monitoring and auditing and training and standards and communication and all the other aspects of a good and effective compliance program. We want to avoid uh, risk becoming a failure or a breach or a, a mis incidents of misconduct. But to uh, uh, all too often, and I don't know um, why this is, it, it just seems to come up uh, in a lot of year-end articles or, or forward-thinking articles talking about this amazing new way you're going to uh, somehow magically uh, transform your business into a risk-free risk business. This is not going to happen. And the other thing that I um, keeps coming up uh, frequently along with these discussions is the notion that somehow you're going to completely automate uh, the compliance process and uh, the risk mitigation process. I think that's also a mistake because the, the systems that fail are often human systems and you need uh, human monitoring involved in the process to to avoid uh, or, or at least mitigate or discover or uh, remediate those uh, instances. A perfect example still, you know, a couple years on here is Wells Fargo. 
Uh, I've said it over and over again, as have many other commentators. Wells Fargo's compliance budget would make most of you in the audience blush. They, it wasn't as if Wells Fargo was, not, was spending $0 on compliance. They just were not spending uh, the requisite, requisite amount of resources, attention, and focus on the culture of their organization, which led to uh, these issues in the local branches and around incentives that were perverse. And that had nothing to do with dollar spend. That had nothing to do with sophisticated compliance systems. You can bet that they were spending uh, a fair amount of money on compliance software and on uh, monitoring software, particularly around uh, uh, you know the, the the financial risks that they faced as a, as an organization. So it wasn't a, a lack of dollar spend. Uh, it was a lack of focus on the particular issues. Um, so there are no systems. There there's no software. Uh, there's no uh, process by which you can isolate yourself or isolate your organization from compliance risk. And when I see those headlines. Uh, like the headline for this podcast, uh, to uh, you know, where you can avoid all compliance risk, where you can uh, minimize your risk to, to to such a level that you can drown it in a bathtub. Uh, to paraphrase uh, Budget Hawk's uh, uh, past, it, 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 that's just not, uh, I think, a realistic notion. I think we have to be pragmatic. I think we have to be realistic that if we're going to operate our business, we're going to have risks. And now those risks may be untenable risks. And certainly I'm an advocate for, and, and I've worked with clients who have made choices about their operations based on perceived compliance risk and you know, and, and exited markets, for example, because they were concerned that the risk uh, was too high uh, and even though there was uh, a return to be made and the, the, there was a business case to be made for operating in that environment or in that industry or in that sector or in that region, they didn't want to do it uh, based on the competing risks. Certainly those decisions are made. But you can't, uh, even if you are in a completely unregulated uh, business where you have no uh, uh, potential, you know, consumer or product liability or any of the issues that face so many organizations out there, uh, you still are going to have some risk. I, again, just using my little business as an example, Morehead Compliance Compliance Consulting, I have third-party uh, risk. I, I work with. Uh, large, uh, and I and I hope, uh, and I've done my due diligence to the best of my ability. I, large partners that I think um, are, are taking data security and data privacy seriously have up updated their privacy um, uh, regimes according to the changes, uh, in particular, that have happened over the last year. Uh, seem to be doing everything uh, that they ought to do, but there's still risk there. There's still the potential that um, uh, the, the provider that um, uh, provides my internet service or my email service might have some sort of breach uh, and client information uh, might go, might fall into the wrong hands. Uh, it's probably a very low risk given that I work with reputable partners and I try to keep an eye out for that sort of thing and be mindful of it since I <laughs> hear horror stories all the time from my clients about such things. Uh, but but there's risk there, and I can't unless I'm just going to uh, cease using those tools and no longer use email and no longer uh, transfer files um, across uh, 
across the uh, uh, network, uh, you know, and only uh, send uh, and, and communicate with my clients via uh, 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 CD-ROM or or, or uh, uh, floppy disk or, or, or some other uh, completely uh, uh, divorced uh, uh, mechanism from from the modern uh, network that we all use each and every day. Those risks still exist, and I can't I can't uh, uh, turn a blind eye to it. I have to take pragmatic measures and make sure that I'm comfortable uh, with uh, both the partners and clients and everybody that uh, and third par- other third parties that I work with. Um, but but it's not it's not it's it's not a zero risk and it, and it can't be eliminated. So I'm always very dubious, and I I've, the reason that this struck me and why I wanted to talk about it today is I've seen two or three articles just in the last week, and I know again I don't know whether it's year end sort of you know blue sky thinking about. Uh, you know, new and innovative ways to uh, attack compliance, and then oftentimes, uh, again, you see this from uh, uh, companies that are suppl- that are uh, proposing to supply tools, uh, whether that's software tools or other tools, uh, to manage the process too. And so they uh, see their tools or their potential tools as a way of uh, eliminating risk. And uh, there's no way to do that. And I think we need to be mindful of that and be pragmatic. And that doesn't mean we throw our hands up. We don't go the other way and say, oh, well, you know, it's a risky world. We're just going to roll the dice and see what happens. Of course not. Uh, We're going to uh, bring to bear the tools and knowledge uh, that that, that we um, have access to. Uh, We're going to be as careful as we possibly can. And we're going to make judgment calls along the way about how we're going to operate our businesses based on that. And that's just that's just the reality. But um, as we head into the new year and we're thinking about new ways and, and uh, to, to move forward with our program and new tools perhaps that we want to use and new initiatives that we want to consider, and maybe you got a new a, a nice new shiny budget <laughs> uh, uh, to to that hasn't been allocated already, uh, which is uh, amazing if that's true. Um, uh, but but you know think about it and and uh, uh, avoid the clarion call. I think there's no killer app that does away with compliance risk. Uh, that that's not going to happen. Um, and uh, the other corollary argument that's made all the time that somehow uh, we're all going to be made redundant and compliance is going to become automated as all other um, professions eventually will be. Uh, I don't see that. I don't see the robots coming uh, anytime soon. Um, Again, you know, just because it's such a perfect example, going back to uh, what happened with Wells Fargo. Um, That was not a lack of resources. That was not a lack of dollars. That was not a lack of interest in avoiding a compliance failure that was uh, a lack of imagination uh, to, to, to really see uh, or a lack of the human aspect of reviewing, for instance, the preserve, perverse incentives that were out there and saying, hey, uh, this is potentially a problem. Uh, that's not something uh, I think you can program uh, to, to, to uncover. Uh, that's something that uh, uh, you need, uh, the, still need that uh, good old human compliance officer for. Um, so just some thoughts about that, about uh, uh, compliance risk and, and being thoughtful about what you face and, and how you face it. Um, again, please do join us next week uh, for the uh, webinar with our friends at uh, Clear Law Institute. Uh, they have a lot of great uh, other webinars if you need a few CLE credits, if your birthday is coming up here in uh, February um, and you know you need to get a couple of credits in or your uh, CC 
EP uh, certification is going to be up here in the next couple of months, and you need a couple of CCB credits. Uh, check that. Check us out. Um, I um, am looking forward to it, and we always have a, a lively discussion, and usually have some really good questions. And if you've got some questions about uh, code of conduct projects, please uh, tune in for that. Uh, again, in the show notes, we'll have the registration link, or you can go to clearlawinstitute.com. And as always, uh, get in touch with us if you've got any questions or comments for future episodes. And until next time, thank you very much. Thanks for listening to Compliance Beat. Check out our website, compliancebeat.com. This podcast is brought to you by Moorhead Compliance Consulting. Be sure to check us out at moorheadconsulting.com.